0: Welcome to our study of Galatians here on the Radio Bible Course. We have come to chapter 3. to study, the first nine verses, and our study of those passages has given us the convincing example of Abraham's justification by faith and by faith alone. Paul undoubtedly used this Old Testament patriarch because Abraham is the most powerful lesson in the Old Testament concerning faith. Since Paul's opponents were preaching a gospel in Galatia that included the law, it was necessary for him to demonstrate that the most revered man in Hebrew history was declared righteous by God without the law. Now, Abraham lived more than 400 years before the law was given. So, he is a pre-law character just as we are post-law characters, that is, The law no longer applies. It didn't apply to him, and it doesn't apply to us. Galatians 3.19 makes that clear that the law was given only until the seed should come to whom the promise was given. It was added to the grace through faith principle that God established Well back in the Old Testament Abraham was saved by grace through faith and then God added law. He added it as a temporary provision that's brought out in Galatians 3.19 until the seed should come to whom the promise was made. So we need to understand that as a temporary addition it was also removed when that fulfillment of the Messiah came about. So Today we are no longer under that law. Now, since Abraham was right with God through faith, why not other men? Well, in chapter 3, verses 6 to 9, Paul made his case. There are preachers and teachers who minimize the importance of this passage by claiming that it gives only one side of the experience of Abraham, and that we must look at all the scriptures before we conclude that salvation is by faith alone. I do believe in looking at all the passages. I also believe that the inspired scriptures cannot express contradictory ideas. God has spoken through the prophets and the apostles, and his declarations are of necessity consistent, so consistent and with such remarkable harmony so as to become a strong evidence for divine authorship. The passage before us in Galatians chapter 3 is limited in respect to Abraham. We need to read a more complete treatment of Abraham in the New Testament if we are to be correct about how a man can be justified in the sight of God. Understanding Abraham's salvation is essential for correct doctrine, and it is basic. When false teachers confuse us with clever words, we will get our bearings again by the example of Abraham. That's basic, and we need to go back to the basics. Now, I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 4. We won't read all of the chapter. But we will read enough to establish the doctrine of salvation through this man, Abraham. Now, I'm going to read beginning with Romans chapter 4, verse 1. Paul writes, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. But not before God, for what does the scripture say? And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works, his wage is not reckoned as a favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is reckoned as righteousness. Now, what conclusions can we draw from this section about Abraham? Paul is teaching that Abraham didn't do anything that he could boast about. And even if he did, that's not the way he was declared righteous, because the Scripture tells us that he believed God and was declared righteous. So Abraham could not boast. According to verses 1 and 2, he did nothing in the flesh. That is, by human effort in order to please God. And so, if he had anything to boast about, he couldn't boast before God, although he might boast before men because the scripture concludes that God declared him righteous through his faith, not because of anything he did. Now, in verse 3, it says the scripture is clear. Genesis 15:6 is quoted, and it says God gave him righteousness through faith. For doing what? Abraham believed God. Now in verse 4, Now to one who works, his wage is not reckoned as a favor. That's simply saying, when you get your paycheck after a week of work, your employer is not doing you a favor, and that paycheck is not a gift, it's what he owes you. That's exactly what verse 4 is saying. The wage is not reckoned as a favor, but as what is due. Now, Paul wants to show the contrary is the case in our dealings with God. When you do something on earth for a person, you expect something back. But in the case of salvation, God has given it without us doing something for him. And so he writes in verse 5, but through the one who does not work, but believes him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is reckoned as righteousness. Now this is quite different from our dealings with men. It's contrary to it. In order to get righteousness, what does one need to do? He needs to stop working and instead trust God. But doesn't one have to be good in order to get God's righteousness? Not according to this passage, and this is Scripture. It says God justifies not good people, not godly people, but the ungodly. You see, God wants your faith, your trust, rather than your works. Oh, if he could have both of them, that's fine. But the problem is, if a person is giving his good works to God... He's doing that instead of trusting God for the gift of righteousness. There are some people, and they're students of the Bible, who have said that Abraham was justified, not by faith alone, but because he was circumcised. He obeyed God and got circumcised. Well, Paul takes this up, because I'm sure there were some Jews who were arguing the same thing back then in the first century. And so in verse nine of Romans chapter four, he said, Is this blessing then upon the circumcised or upon the uncircumcised also? Referring to Jews and to Gentiles? For we say faith was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it reckoned while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all who believe without being circumcised, that righteousness might be reckoned to, to them, and the father of circumcision, to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while uncircumcised. Now, Paul's argument here is that God declared Abraham righteous before circumcision was even instituted. Abraham was not circumcised and then pronounced righteous It was long before that, quite a few years before that, as a matter of fact. And so, uncircumcised Abraham believed God, and God declared him righteous forever. And then gave, later gave him the sign of circumcision. So we need to understand Paul's argument here. And now, in Romans chapter 4, verse 20... With respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore, also, it was reckoned to him as righteousness." Now, not for his sake only was it written that it was reckoned to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be reckoned as those who believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He who was delivered up because of our transgressions, and was raised because of our justification. This last part of Romans 4 regarding Abraham teaches us what faith really is. He was fully assured that what God had promised to him, God was able to do. So I have often said, when you believe that God will do what he promised to do for you, then you are trusting and you have biblical faith, and the result of that will be eternal life. And unless you are believing something that God promised, then you are not really believing in the biblical way. A person needs to believe Something that God has revealed. There are promises to believe. God gave those promises, not so that there would be a historical record, but so that we could grasp those promises and have hope. And that's why in chapter 4 he writes, Now we brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. What promise are you trusting in to get you to heaven? Are you going to insist that God keep his word to you about any promise in the Bible? Do it. That's faith. That's insisting that God keep his word. And faith takes that approach. It believes God not only said something, but that he will do it. And you are relying upon him completely to do that. And if he fails you, then there is no other recourse But God cannot fail, because God cannot lie. What he promises, he will do. Now, all this is, by way of introduction, what we really need to deal with, and that is the so-called contradiction which James gives us. Listen to James 2.21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? And verse 24 of chapter 2, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. And then, in verses 14 and 17 of James chapter 2, What does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith, but has not works? Can his faith save him? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. On the surface, it appears that James is telling people that salvation comes another way. But... It doesn't say that, and how do we know that? Because when we study the context, and that's the only way to interpret a passage fairly, then we discover that James and Paul are in agreement. Now in tomorrow's program, we're going to begin a discussion of James 2 and analyze these passages. If you have friends who think James 2 is the problem and teaches salvation by works, invite them to listen to our program. And I encourage you to take notes on what we'll be teaching tomorrow. And if you have questions, I hope you'll write to the Radio Bible Course. And if you are benefiting from this program, we'd like to hear from you. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calabod of the Radio Bible Course, reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916 Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.